You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. No more hitting the sim lottery on Tankathon. We have the draft order. We got a mock draft in store for today's episode. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On Rooms. Again, that is Locker Room changing the way that we talk sports. You are locked on the NBA draft. My name is Sam Ferris. As always, I am joined by my good friend and the other member of the draft dummies. Cody, like you said, we've finally got a draft order. We don't need to hit Sim Lottery anymore. Very excited. And of course, we've got to do our first mock now with the actual order that we have. Yeah, I'm super excited for it. It feels a little bit more real now. So we're going to spend all three segments of today's show doing a mock draft of the first 14 picks. Uh, And we should clarify that the way that Cody and I do this mock draft is that we're going to do the picks how we want them, as if we were the GMs, but within reason. So, you know, there might be a couple guys, whether it's Sharif Cooper or Rocco that we would, you know, take in the lottery if if we had total control. But we're going to stay within reason here, within guys that are projected at least kind of in the top 20. Um, Any other thoughts, Cody, before we jump into the lottery here? I don't think so. Let's get started. All right. I will let you have the number one pick. I don't think there's too much to debate here. Yeah, I think you did the number one pick last time, too, so I'll I'll take it this time. Uh, The Detroit Pistons were the lucky lottery winners, and we are going with Cade Cunningham. Yeah, no surprise there. I've seen some people there that are a little bit worried about, you know, the potential fit with Killian Hayes. And I would say that part of the intrigue with both Cade and Killian Hayes, but especially Cade Cunningham, is that He fits anywhere and everywhere. And on top of that, I mean, who really cares how he fits? It's Cade Cunningham. To me, he is the number one prospect in the draft. So you take Cade and you go from there. Yep. All right. You're on the clock at number two. So with the number two pick, it is the Houston Rockets. I think that, you know, I don't know if this is who they'd go with, but we've talked about how we prefer Jalen Green. Uh, So with the number two pick, the Houston Rockets, in this exercise, will take Jalen Green. Cody, is that what you would have done, or would you have gone Evan Mobley there? Jalen Green, 100%. I mean, we see it in the playoffs time and time again. You need multiple perimeter players that are shot makers. I think Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green would be a solid backcourt going forward. Both of them, you know, need to work on their efficiency, but they're young and that would be really solid uh, group to build off of. All right. So the top two players are off my board with the top two picks at number three. Cody is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Which direction are you going here? Yeah, this is a tough one. So Sam and I typically prefer the positional value of Uh, wings and guards perimeter players over the bigs cleveland is interesting with darius garland who is turning heads this offseason 
which has been reported, and Colin Sexton, um, who, you know, has a lot of mixed um, opinions about. So I think I'm kind of going to go with what I think will happen slash what I'm okay with going, and I think I'm going to go Evan Mobley. I think adding that legit uh, modern-day center to their young core would be a good fit. And, uh, I mean, offensively, as much as I love Jared Allen, Evan Mobley is going to bring you a lot more over the course of his career on that end of the floor. Yep, totally agree. I have Suggs and Mobley in the same tier, so I'm fine going with a little bit of fit there. And to me, it's very, very close between the two. So, Cody, kind of some of the first rumblings after we got the order here is that the Cavs are going to be open to trading this pick. And you talked about, you know, the potential fit issues if they do go either Suggs or Green because they do have Sexton and Garland, who the franchise believes in. Uh, Would you entertain trading that pick or would you make the pick here with either, you know, Green, Suggs, or Mobley, kind of regardless of fit. I would absolutely entertain trading the pick because if you get a heck of a deal for it, then you got to take it. So it's all dependent on what that deal would be, and I think you should always listen to offers. So uh, I agree, though. I don't think Cleveland is necessarily ready to take the leap to like playoff contention yet, and I'm one of the guys that believes that you – I think it's been proven you only get so many attempts at the lottery, so many attempts at a top four pick. And to me, I think Evan Mobley, Jalen Green and Jalen Suggs, while maybe not completely franchise defining like a Cade Cunningham, they're the next year down from there that I could see them making multiple all stars. And I guess uh, for all three of those guys, would you see those three Cody as the best prospect on the Cleveland Cavaliers? Wait, which three? Either of, either Suggs, Mobley, or Green. Do you think those are better oh, prospects than than either Sexton, Garland, Okoro? Uh, I'd say Mobley. For me, Mobley and Green are Suggs. It would be pretty close, but yeah, I could see an argument for for any of those three being the top prospect, you know, top young player on the Cavs. So for me, I, I would say yes. I think. They are the best prospect on the Cavs. So I would keep the pick. But let's move on to number four for another team that jumped up three spots. I know a lot of Toronto Raptor fans that are pretty ecstatic about that. Um, Yeah, pretty easy pick for me here. It's a pretty severe drop off to me in my evaluation of this class after four. So I think the Raptors would be very excited getting Jalen Suggs. I think he would be a very good fit. You know, they're in the backcourt with Fred Van Vliet moving forward and can learn from some great guards right now. So Jalen Suggs at four to the Toronto Raptors. All right. So the fit with the Magic, they could go a lot of different ways with this. Um, I don't know if people in the organization are – Big believers in in which certain prospects uh, really turning out and becoming, you know, uh, contributors to a competitive playoff team like Fultz and Bamba. But I think you got to go best player available at this point, uh, this early in the draft. 
For so me, who is your who is your best player available? Because me, this right, is where it gets interesting, right? Yeah. For me right now, and this has been changing, kind of flip-flopping between a few guys, I really like Scotty Barnes, and okay. he would be my pick here for the Magic. Uh, we know Scotty Barnes, the size, he just measured really well today. His wingspan is enormous. He's got some playmaking ability, um, and I think he's going to be a really positive defender that can guard a lot of different positions. So I would go with Barnes. He's a project. That jump shot needs to come around, and the offense needs to become polished, but that'd be my pick here. Yeah, so looking at the numbers today, the athletic and the physical measurements uh, was a lot of fun for you know us draft evaluators waiting for those. Uh, but a lot of people say, you know, just disregard that. You just got to see how they play. Well, with Scotty Barnes, yeah, those wingspan, those length numbers, those are very, very functional on the court. He uses the length very well, both defensively and then kind of using his length to create and find passing windows, just a fantastic passer offensively. But uh, I've talked before about how I have Josh Giddy as my kind of best player available at five. I think you've kind of wavered between a few guys. Uh, did did Barnes pass Giddy for you at five recently? Yeah. Or have you kind of had Barnes there for a while now? No, it's back and forth, it seems like, Earth. all the time. Whoever I prefer that day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I... Huge fan of Josh Giddy. Whoever's not fifth on my board is is the next one at six. Yeah, and to that point, there's been a lot of rumors and speculation that Barnes is now in play at number five, you know, with Kaminga, and I I could act absolutely see that happening on draft night. All right, let's do one more pick here. Who are you going with? So at six is the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I will take Josh Giddy there. To me, he is the next best player available. Kind of the next best guy that has some primary creator upside. Fantastic passer at six foot nine. Interesting fit with SGA, but you know, Oklahoma City just has so many picks looking forward. They have like three first round picks in every draft over the next four years. If I'm then I'm taking basically a big swing on like every pick. If like three or four of those guys work out, then you've got something nice building. Uh, so that's just kind of the way that I look at it with them. And to me, Josh Giddy is pretty clearly, for me at least, the next best player available. All right. When we come back from this break, we are going to continue this mock draft with the seventh pick, which belongs to the Golden State Warriors. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or your favorite sport. Again, it's the perfect place to just start and join conversations about any league. You'll find other fans just like you and me on Locker Room for you know watch parties, debates, or post-game breakdowns, and you can find many of the locked-on hosts across the NBA, MLB, and NHL. So sign up and get in on the experience using Locker Room. Today on Road to the Finals, our NBA playoff coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. 
And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. Be sure to tune in tonight. We got game one of the Eastern Conference Finals where the Atlanta Hawks take on the Milwaukee Bucks. All right, Sam, let's get this rolling again. So we have the Warriors up at seven. I was hoping Giddy would fall to them, but I knew he wouldn't. You could really go a lot of different ways with this pick. Um, I think just about everyone on draft Twitter would give you a different answer here. The problem with the Warriors is uh, I do not want to take Kaminga here still on the board. Sam and I both aren't super high on him, and we think he'd be another guy drafted by the Warriors two years in a row uh, where it's just going to be hard for them to contribute to winning basketball and get any minutes. Uh, they're going to be in win-now mode, as we know, and taking a guy like Kaminga isn't going to help them next year. So it's it's a tough pick, and at this point in the draft, who who on here can really give you good playoff-level uh, production, at least you know as a minimal role player? And that's tough. You're one for a rookie. Uh, for me, I would probably... If they don't trade it, go best player available here. And on my board, I got Moses Moody, uh, a guy that can shoot the ball. Sam really likes his shooting projection. I love his stroke as well. Uh, he's measured in around 6'6", and he's a wing. If you, know, you can't take too many wings in the NBA draft, uh, and I really like his upside as a creator for himself off the bounce too. I think he's going to improve greatly in that area. And then he just has a ridiculous wingspan. Um, yeah. Measured, I believe seven feet, right. Yeah. And uh, yeah. very, very heady player. So if there's someone that can have uh, the IQ chops to, to be, you know, able to be on the floor as a rookie for a really good team, uh, I like Moody's head. I think he's really smart, really great hands defensively, understands positioning, man ball relationships really well. It always takes these rookies time to adjust to NBA uh, defenses, how to play defense, that is. So, but I would go Moody here. Yeah, so I am a Warriors fan, so I got to get my two cents in. Number one, I love your pick. Moody is the guy that I would have gone with. And so far through seven picks, Cody, those are my top seven players on my board. So not saying this is how it's going to go on draft night, but to me, at least this is going chalk and it's going the order that if I were in charge, this is how I'd do it. So right when the order came out, people were already putting out their mock drafts online. And I saw a couple where the Warriors are taking Davion Mitchell all the way up at number seven. For those that have listened to our podcast, they will know that Cody and I, well, Cody's a bit higher on Mitchell than I am, but I think even Cody, would you say that's too high for Davion Mitchell at number seven, or would you be fine with that for the Warriors? Uh, I wouldn't take him that high, but my philosophy with the NBA draft is so loosey-goosey because we get it wrong <laughs> every year, as in like everyone. So if someone wanted to take a chance on Mitchell, I, he could be someone that that proves me wrong for sure, just with his ability to defend on the perimeter. And uh, if that three-point jump shot does hold, then he could prove me wrong. But I personally wouldn't take him top seven, no. 
Yeah, so, like, if the Warriors do get him at 14, like, I still wouldn't take him at 14, but that's fine. Uh, obviously, the Warriors have talked about how they don't necessarily want to repeat last year with Wiseman because that experience wasn't so great. Uh, just a guy that came in and just really hurt them. Like, he, he's a guy that cannot play for a winning team right now. So they're afraid of drafting a project, and I totally understand that to a certain extent, though I just tend to take the best player available. Like, if you are going to say that you need to take a more a player that's more ready to contribute right away, less of a project, you can't reach that high on Davion Mitchell, in my opinion. That just isn't a good pick. I think you did a great job balancing a guy in Moody that can come in and contribute right away with the three-point shot, the IQ to fit into a system with Steph, Clay, and Draymond that's not super easy, not super simple, but with a little bit of upside down the road too. So uh, I'm just wary of them reaching too high for more of a college veteran like a Kispert or a Davion Mitchell. I really like your pick in Moody there. All right. You are on the clock at eight with the Orlando Magic again. So this is where it gets a bit difficult for a few reasons, because this is where I start having a couple guys that, in my opinion, probably don't have a realistic chance of going lottery. I have Sharif Cooper as actually the eighth best player on my board. Um, but the guy that I'm going to take here is Jalen Johnson out of Duke, a guy that I think I'm a bit higher on than some, but I think this is a realistic range for him. I think he's got as much... Upside, I think his ceiling is as valuable as just about anybody left. Um, Magic fans might be kind of curious about this pick because I think at five you took Scotty Barnes. Yeah. So, yeah, so this would be a little bit kind of repetitive in terms of the skill set, the archetype of the player that you're bringing in. But, I mean, this is just the exercise where I'm kind of taking best player available if if this is kind of the way that it ends up on draft night, I'm not sure that I would take Johnson and Barnes as their skill sets kind of overlap a lot, but I'm just going best player available to me. He's the next guy on my list. So I'll go with Jalen Johnson there. Yeah. And I mean, if you take a, you know, a guard, they got RJ Hampton, Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz. So yeah. it'd be buried regardless. And I don't know. I kind of like the Jalen Johnson, Scotty Barnes. It's like a Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. They just can't shoot or score. So. <laughs> <laughs> and it's consistent with the magic drafting in the past where it's the six, nine pretty athletic wing that can't really shoot. Uh, they've got a couple of those already in Chuma and Jonathan Isaac, but yeah, I'm excited to see the magic core moving forward. To me, it's kind of one of the more underrated fun uh, course of young players because I like Isaac and I like RJ Hampton a lot, especially. So, All right. So I am on the clock at number nine with the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, these picks are a little bit tougher down in this range. Uh, I'm not too crazy about anyone uh, that realistically will be drafted around here. I love Sharif Cooper like you do. I really like Trey Mann. Cam Thomas as long-term prospects, but I don't think they're going to get drafted this high. Uh, for the Kings, I'm probably going to go with Franz Wagner here, being that he's a legit uh, 6'8". Was he at the Combine today? Um, I do not think so. But he, he's he got 
legit size as a wing. And uh, Sam and I have talked a lot about him. We actually think he's a little overrated as a shooter, but someone that will still be able to keep defenses honest. And then, yeah, Sam, Sam has a great analogy for him and other players like him as being kind of a grease guy that just does a little bit of everything to make the offense run a little bit more smoothly. Uh, and, this is this is the range where I think he'll fall. So at nine, the Kings they'll take Wagner in this exercise. Was there anybody else that you kind of considered in that range? I know you're you're high on Franz Wagner, but I don't think it was necessarily a no brainer for you there for the Kings. No, is that is that correct? No, I do think that Alperin Shangun is going to be a rookie that can be productive early on. Um, He's a guy that has been productive in a really good league over there, and I think he's going to have a motor and uh, something to prove. And I like Davian Mitchell. Nine is a little bit high for me too, though. And then if you wanted to take a project player like Kai Jones, I totally understand that that route as well. But uh, I think Wagner's the pick here, at least if, if I were running things. Okay, so I am up with the New Orleans Pelicans, and I have no idea who I want to take right now. Um, do you have any advice for me, Cody? I'm looking through because Sharif, Rocco would be a couple guys. You know, Garuba would be a guy I'd consider, but I don't think they want to put a center next to Zion that can't really shoot. I mean, he can play the four, too, but don't think that would help spacing. Like, Kaminga, I... I still wouldn't take him at 10. <laughs> this is where we're running into some trouble. So now you see what it's like being a GM with the, the, uh, well, two, what is it? Two minutes on the clock. Yeah. And there's reports that, you know, Zion already wants out. And I don't think you're going <laughs> to, I don't think you're going to solve that problem with the, the 10th with pick the in this pick. year's draft. So especially if he walks into our war room and I'm sitting here like, Oh crap, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm sitting right now. Yeah. So I don't know. Go with another Jackson Hayes type, throw him in there. Jackson Hayes. Um, can I take Rocco or is that, that's too unrealistic, right? No, I, I don't think so. I think that's, you, you should yeah. take whoever you want. That's what's fun about evaluating these players is there's guys that are going to be drafted way later that are going to have great years next year. Yeah, so. whatever. He's not going to get picked this high, but I'm going to go with Rocco Percussion. To me, he, you know, Sharif Cooper would be in the mix for the next best player. No, actually, I'm going to change that. I'm going to go with Shengun here. Okay. Uh, I think that's fun. I mean, he can space the floor, a ton of skill. The defense, obviously, is the question mark. But I think I'm higher on him than a lot of people. I think too many people are counting him out just because of the archetype, the player that they think he is. I think he's a little bit more athletic and nimble than he's given credit and he was just the MVP of the Turkish league at what, like 18 years old. Mm-hmm. To me, you know, that sets that type of precedent. The the guys in the past that have been that good in a league at that young of an age, they just tend to not fail. I think his skill level is elite. I've got him at 10 on my personal board. So 10 here, that works. Uh, I'm going to Shengun there. I like it. All right. So now we're on pick 11 with the Hornets. Q, 
keep running into kind of the same problem you do. I know who I like, but are they guys that we'd take this early? I mean, you look back last year at the draft. If someone was mocking Emmanuel quickly in the top 12, they probably would have been mocked themselves. But, you know, obviously he had a great rookie season. He's looking like he's going to be a great pick. There's there's those guys every every single year. You know, as fun as it would be to have Sharif Cooper and LaMelo Ball on the same team, I don't think they would go that route necessarily. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think here I don't necessarily like the pick, but at 11 and the physical tools, the upside there, I'm going to go with Kaminga for the Hornets. Uh, if he can figure it out uh, basketball IQ-wise and just being engaged, uh yeah, and figuring out the jump shot as well. I can hear you gritting your teeth. <laughs> but, you know, we've talked about sometimes with some of these wings that have the size and the bounce, the functional athleticism, uh, if they put it all together, it's going to end up being a steal for you. And Kaminga, you know, the eye test, there's no doubt that he has the NBA body, the NBA athleticism, and if you if you like what you hear from him um, in interviews, if you like what you see in workouts, uh, he's definitely worth taking the shot at number eleven. And also, I would add, well, I have him lower on my board, and we've talked about why. If you want to hear more on that, go back and listen to our last episode where we ranked kind of the bigger wings, the three four combos in this class. But a couple you know, positives for him. If he ends up at 11, obviously he's not going to drop that far in actual lottery, you know, on actual draft night. But if this were to happen, then a lot of the pressure would be off Kaminga. Uh, The Hornets were already spoiled last year with LaMelo Ball playing so well that I feel like some of the pressure would just be off him and he'd give, be given, you know, the chance, the time to actually just develop and, it's not like the Hornets would necessarily be expecting to go too far in the playoffs next year. So it would be very good for him to kind of have those expectations a bit off his shoulders, come into a a pretty good up and coming situation uh, with a good young core there in Charlotte. Yeah. And the other pick here for me would be Kai Jones. And maybe I should have gone him that way. If you believe in Kai Jones and are going to view him as a project and give him the time to develop um, Charlotte, is going to need, you know, a young running mate at that center position. And if Kai Jones puts it together, if he's a guy that can stretch the floor at the offensive end, be a lob threat, and then also can guard the perimeter and, you know, really well for, for a center, uh, that would work out great. But he is going to be a long-term project in my eyes for sure. All right, we're going to get into a break now. But when we come back, we will finish with the final three picks and then – Maybe I'll give uh, one or two winners from the combine in terms of just the measurements today, what kind of stood out to Cody and I. (laughs) Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. As all of our listeners know by now, I am not necessarily a protein bar guy. I don't love the taste of most brands, but that's what's so great about Built Bar is they have so many delicious flavors, including my personal favorites, which are cherry, raspberry, and double chocolate. 
I am a berry guy and a chocolate guy. And guess what? All of these are covered 100% in chocolate. But on top of just the great taste, they also are very healthy, which is something that is very important for health conscious guys like Cody and I. Um, So because you are listening to our show, of course, you get a great offer. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs. And they also have a UFC and MMA action there, so be sure to check that out. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or your mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. And I told you guys you should have bet on the Seattle Mariners. They are two games above 500 now, 38 and 36, and yet they're 29th in batting average, 30th in on-base percentage, 18th in runs, and 20th in ERA. So go bet on those Mariners that somehow are winning some games with, you know, a horrible offense. So get over to Bet Online if you use promo code Locked On you will get a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Sam, where were we? We are now on the San Antonio Spurs at number 12. We both love their selection of Devin Vassell. And last year, they are picking in a pretty similar range again this year. So, yeah, I'm going to go again with Rocco, who I faked, did a little duck and weave last time, uh, threw some of the GMs behind me off. But I am, in fact, picking him again this year. I know we said at the beginning we were going to do realistic, but I've kind of <laughs> thrown that out the window. Uh, I like the pick there. To me, he is he and Sharif are still the best players available, uh, measured well today uh, as well. So, he meets a lot of the thresholds and the kind of checklist that I look at can play either the three or the four. And he is, I believe either here, Josh Primo is the youngest player in the class. So I, I really like the pick there. All right. Number 13, the Indiana Pacers. I'm going to go with Kai Jones here, stash him, uh, develop him. I feel like Miles Turner is in the trade rumors constantly. One of these days, he just might get dealt. But uh, uh, we talked about Kai Jones just for a second earlier. Uh, The upside is there. And at 13 for the Pacers, uh, I I would take Kai Jones. At 14, I get the last pick with my team, the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Here, I'm going to go with Usman Garuba who I think he's a guy that if the Warriors are looking to pick someone who can come in and contribute, Garuba has proven that with his role for Real Madrid, that he can play in big moments. He will not be a defensive liability. He is to me right now. I think he is the best defensive player in the class. I do believe Evan Mobley has a higher defensive ceiling that he will reach, but I think Garuba can come in and he can be a guy that you can play in the playoffs from day one and I'm not exactly sure where he's going to get to offensively but I think he's going to get 
I do believe that he's going to hit the jumper well enough. And if he's playing that well at such a young age for Real Madrid, I just think that there's something there that's going to develop. So I think he's got a fairly high floor in terms of the, you know, the median outcomes for him are going to be a pretty productive, at least a role player at minimum. So I like him there. He can play kind of smaller five or the four if the Warriors do want to go small. Um, what are your thoughts on that pick? Yeah, I like the pick. I think Garuba, like you said, is a guy defensively that can bring it right now. But yeah, also could pay dividends in the long run if that jump shot comes around. Uh, I I love Garuba. I love guys with high motors that get after it. So I'm always a fan of those picks. Okay, so now that we have gotten through the lottery, Cody, I want you to give me maybe two or three of your next best players available. Do you have your list up right now? Or if not, no, I can go. I go. don't, but I'm just going to give you guys that I really like that yeah. uh, are going to be much later picks in the draft. Uh, I already mentioned a few. I love Trey Mann, the shot-making ability. Same with Cam Thomas out of LSU. Uh, love guys that can create, and if you can become efficient enough uh, – you got to have players that can put the ball on the deck and make something out of nothing and get a shot off. Other guys I really like um, that wouldn't necessarily go right outside the lottery. I love Johnny Juzang. We're both big fans of Miles McBride. He might be one of the better perimeter defenders in this class as well. Tested really well uh, as far as the athletics. Uh, and then there's some 3 and D potential guys out there. Kessler Edwards, Trey Murphy, um, Aaron Henry, if the shot comes around. So those those are some guys that I really like. You mentioned Josh Primo earlier. He is someone that's going to go you know, pretty late in the draft, I would think. And I love him. He, what did you say? I think he's the second youngest player uh, in the draft. He might be younger than Rocco. I need Rocco. to double check. But, he yeah, started this young. last season at Alabama at 17 years old, yep. and he has shown the ability to put the ball on the deck as well, get shots off. And uh, so those are some of my favorites from this draft. Who did you have kind of right after? Yeah, it's funny to follow up on your point is you've pointed out a couple guys throughout the process, younger guys that you weren't sure about them this year, but projecting them forward, you were really high on before a lot of people were, and Primo, JT Thor, uh, uh, Aaron Wiggins was in there for you too as well. And it's funny, as I, I, I agreed with you, and as I've dove into the tape on a lot of those guys, especially the three guys I mentioned, but JT Thor for me is in the top 15 now on my board, and I've moved up too on Primo. I think taking him early in the second round is worth it. He's got good size. To me, he is one of the most underrated shooting prospects in this class shot, I think 38% from three, 75% from the free throw line and has shot well, you know, in other um, situations in the past, whether it's playing for his country on the youth team. And the form is really good, both off the catch and off the dribble. So at that young of an age, like you said, kind of reminiscent of Kyra Lewis, where started at 17, played for a good team, fit into his role, and I'm excited to see kind of what he can do projecting down the line. Um, just real quick, I'll give you the next five guys on my list are Sharif Cooper, who I know you love, JT Thor, 
Isaiah Jackson, Jaden Springer, and then Zaire Williams, which I will use that as a transition now into, to me, the two, well, there were a lot of winners and maybe some losers in terms of just the measurements from the combine today. But I wanted to highlight two that weren't necessarily headliners. You mentioned one, Miles McBride. He measured, uh, let me pull up his exact measurements, but his wingspan was very, very good. He measured six, two and a half in shoes, which is solid, but six, eight point seven five wingspan. So one of the biggest kind of wingspan to height differentials. Um, you mentioned the defense. Um, to me, actually, I view him as in a similar tier to Davion Mitchell. Um, I've talked about how, you know, if you look at the draft as 20 guys on average make it and stick around from each class, to me, I would bet on Miles McBride being one of those 20 guys. Um, anything else uh, from McBride that that sticks that kind of sticks out to you? Um, do you have him as a first round grade on your board? Yeah, I have him in my top 30, uh, and he's got to come a long ways offensively and really become a much better distributor, which he, he's been solid, and I think he'll do just fine in that area. But the, the defense is what is really exciting about him. Yeah, the other winner for me is Zaire Williams, who ended up measuring nearly 6'10", 6'9", and 3 fourths in shoes, he was listed as 6'7 at Stanford, so if that's true, he could have grown like two to three inches, and that's literally massive for him because, uh, you know, the package that, you know, the selling point with Zaire Williams is the size with the shot-making ability. Uh, how much did that surprise you hearing that he measured nearly 6'10 in shoes? Yeah, I mean, he... Looks a little extra tall on film sometimes because of his frame. Some sometimes those skinny guys look taller than they are, but yeah, that's big time. Six ten in shoes. I mean, that's getting up there with the Michael Porter Juniors, and uh, that goes a long ways for being able to get your shot off against those NBA defenders. Yeah, and as someone, you know, I'm not nearly that that tall, not a professional athlete, but I am one of those kids that like. I grew a lot all in one summer, like all my height happened at once. And I did have knee problems after that for a year. So I'm just kind of speaking, throwing some thoughts out there. It was obvious that he wasn't a hundred percent physically last year. He did wear that knee brace a lot. Maybe potentially it was just some growing pains that he was going through, especially with that massive and skinny of a frame. So just thoughts. Uh, I personally don't think you should move anyone too much just based on the measurements. Um, but any other thoughts either on the measurements or the mock today, Cody, before we finish up? I don't think so. I think if we did it again, we'd probably have some different answers. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, that was fun. I'm glad we finally got the order. I'm excited to hear maybe some feedback from our listeners. But as always, you can follow us at Draft Dummies. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.